James chapter 1, and we will read 13. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. I want to take you to verse 12 also. So just let's just read from verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. When we see um, temptations, you can actually divide it into two. There are two types of temptations. And also, when we look at the word flesh, there are two types of flesh in the Bible. When we look at law, there are two types of law also in the Bible. When we look at speaking in tongues, there are two types of speaking in tongues also in the Bible. A lot of times what happens is when people... um don't have the revelation from God and people don't read the word like they should through the lens of the Holy Spirit, they will read it for what they think it is and they will misinterpret that and they will teach that to the people. And that's where uh, people who say that, well, the Bible says you can't uh, speak in tongues if you don't interpret. Well, That's not what the Bible says for speaking in tongues itself. It talks about the gift of speaking in tongues. It's not talking about the prayer language. It's talking about the gift of speaking in tongues that requires the gift of interpretation in order to understand the gift of tongues because the gift of tongues carries a message. But the tongues that God gives when a person receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a prayer language, does not require interpretation because it is not a message to anyone. So when someone says, oh, if you're speaking in tongues in church, you know, it's not biblical, you can't speak in tongues. They are wrong. But at the same time, you know, nobody should be speaking in tongues out loud uh, in a way that it disrupts other people. It's between you and God. That means that's all it is. That's how much you need to. But if it is a message from God, when that message comes, it has to be interpreted. Like you might have seen me many times in speaking tongues and then you hear in English. There are times when, when the gift of uh, tongues and gift of interpretation is an in operation. And then you also see prophecy that's completely different from this. So without that interpretation, you don't use the gift of tongues if you have it. In church situation, any situation, because if it doesn't have interpretation, then it's no point in um, speaking it in public or anywhere because it needs to have that interpretation because it carries a message. So that's a passage that's sorely misunderstood. And then you see the scripture also when you see the flesh, works of the flesh, the Bible talks about, which talks about the sin nature, the the outcome, the output or the product of sin nature. Works of the flesh. The flesh itself is not uh, 
the body it's talking about. It's talking about sin that is working through the body. People mix that up with the flesh, which is the body. So there are times the Bible talks about the body itself, which is the flesh. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. It talks about just a person's human body. And it also talks about a person with the human nature who is not operating in the divine nature, cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Everybody dies and their soul goes. And when God gives us the glorified body, only the glorified body enters into the kingdom of heaven. So there are people who mix these things up because um, out of ignorance and out of deliberate um, false spirits working through people, they actually say these things. The other part is law. A lot of people use the word law and they mix the law from the Old Testament with the law of sin. There is this principle of sin, law of sin. Just like how we have the gravitation law, there's the sin law. That means it has this binding, it has the force, it has this control over a human being. It's the law of sin, the nature. Jesus Christ came to set a person free from the law of sin and death. And it's not the Moses law, it is the principle, the power, the hold that sin has upon people. So these two are different. And then there's another scripture. There are many scriptures I can um, take to show how the same word is used for something else. And if you don't have the spirit of God to understand, you can actually make a big mistake in itself. So there's another section where we see in the Bible is where the spirit of God through Apostle Paul talks about women teaching or women uh, preaching in churches and a lot of people who don't have the spiritual eyes to see will take this completely out of context and and say false things and promote false doctrines and will keep people in bondage to the error. Two things are there. Anyone in their right mind will read it will know where apostle paul talks to the church and he says a woman cannot speak or teach he says and then he also talks about a woman who prophesies he says she must have a head covered what is she doing at that time is she playing mute with prophecy inside somewhere and somebody's just seeing you know her doing some sign language to show the prophecies no she's speaking if she cannot open her mouth and talk and how what is this it's a contradiction there we need to have eyes to see. What eyes? God's eyes. When we use demonic eyes to see, that's when all kinds of false teachings will come over there. And a lot of times when you see people who spread false teachings are people who are in sin, who are a lot of times male dominant people who have this ego, who will always want to keep their counterpart under their thumb. And so People who are genuinely seeking God are people who will say, as for me and my household will serve the Lord. I serve, my wife serve, my children serve, we all serve the Lord. And whatever capacity God has given and whatever call God has given to every member of the family, we should serve God Almighty. So when you look at the scriptures, when you see how God leads people, we see very clearly, very clearly Apostle Paul says over here, you have to open your mouth and speak when 
it's given by God through God's authority. You speak, you should speak in church, whether you're a man or a woman. And that's where prophecy comes and the call of a prophet comes. And even if it's not a prophet, when God puts a spirit upon a man, puts a spirit upon a woman, they speak. Whether they are uh, a so-called pastor or a so-called preacher or or a so-called whatever, if they're not called of God, doesn't matter which Baptist church it is, which Calvary Chapel it is, and which whatever it may be. No one has the right to open their mouth, man or woman, in the presence of God. No one. Unless the person is called of God and they carry the word of God in their mouth, no one has a right, no one, no man, no, nor woman has a right to stand in the pulpit to speak a three-point message or a seven-point message or even read anything from the pulpit if they don't stand there carrying the oracles of God. So we need to know the word. Only when we know the truth, the truth can set us free. In order for us to know the truth, integrity has to be there to say that I want to know the truth. You know, a lot of these people who are corrupt in their minds, corrupt in their teachings, will not want to hear the truth. They say, oh, no, no, I know it already. When they say, I know it already, and they're not ready to hear the truth, you know, they are hypocrites. They're liars. They don't want to know the truth. And so now when you come here, when you look at temptation itself, you see there are two types of temptation. Even another thing that the Spirit of God is bringing to me is death. When you look at death, there are two types of death. One is the physical death and the other one is the eternal death. So you need to know what is the Spirit of God speaking here? What does the Bible talk about? And life talks about the present life and it also talks about eternal life. So these words are not interchangeable. They are for specific context and they are for a specific time period and they are for a specific purpose. And we need to know what the Bible is talking about and when it is talking about and what's the purpose behind it. What is the spirit behind this letter is something that every single person must know. So when we um, look at temptation in itself, we see two types of temptation. One is the temptation that comes to a human being that comes from Satan in order to draw a person away from the living God because that person has some form of base to that. That's what we see in the book of James. I'm going to read it one more time. I really want you to open your Bibles and see the scriptures so that you have an understanding of what the Spirit of God is speaking here by reading the verses for yourself. So let's read James chapter 1, and we will read from verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. Two types of temptations. No matter what it is, 
temptation comes from Satan. The Bible clearly says God does not tempt anyone. Temptation comes from Satan. God allows temptation, but temptation comes from Satan. So when I look at the temptation itself, two types of temptation. One is there is a base for the temptation. Let's just read here, verse 14. But each one is tempted, but he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So when a person has this desire to be seen and heard or for power or or um, for money, whatever it may be, then Satan comes and tempts them with this. There is a base for that. So when Satan sees that there's a base for that, he brings that common thing before and he offers it to the person. So when a person sees that and they know, you know what, there's this problem here. Example, when a person has ego, when a person has ego and pride, that's a base for the devil. And Satan brings a person there who come and say something that will touch their ego. It's temptation. There's something that is there. Satan knows this is there. And in order to make you fall, he actually moves a person to speak a certain way so that you feel that your ego is hurt or you feel like, how can she say that? And how can he say that? And, and how can they ignore me? And all these things happen. Now you see the base inside is touched and now you are responding to it because there's a base that is there. Instead of saying, okay, feel this uneasy feeling and a believer who says, I'm going to kill this thing that is trying to kill me will at that point say, even though I'm feeling this, I'm not going to react this way. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. That's one kind of temptation and overcoming that temptation through the word of God and through obedience to Christ Jesus. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Only when there's a base for someone can these kinds of things happen. We're like, someone can say, they pushed my buttons. Well, you had buttons, so you were pushed. But when the buttons are not there, and that's what we heard from Pastor Padeep, a portion of it, which is when you're dead to sin, when you're dead to this world and the world dead to you, when you're dead to sin and you're alive to Christ, there's nothing for anyone to push there when you not only reckon yourself dead to that here, but here you reckon it that I am dead. So what do you do? I've taught on this before and uh, you can go back and listen to those messages when you know that this is what is happening you actively do the opposite of what you feel you should do the base is there but if you want to really destroy that base if you want to really destroy the base of satan that is there you need to be proactive in going against what you feel Go opposite to what you feel. Do the opposite. And that's where you overcome that temptation. The temptation that came as a result of the base that was there within. Same goes for anger. Why do some people get angry? They say that they provoked me to anger because they said such a thing. It touched your ego, basically. 
So as long as the ego is there, Satan will keep bringing people, keep, as long as the self is really alive there, Satan will keep sending his arrows to exactly where he needs to, because he knows that can get that reaction from you. And if your reaction is not Christ-like and it's demonic, then he won, you lost. So this is where, whether you're going to overcome the temptation or give in to the temptation, when you give in to the temptation, he will whip you. Who? Satan will whip you with his whip. You call that the scourge of sin. The soul that sinneth dies. So when you live according to the flesh, you will die. So the base on the inside that is there, which is not godly, has to be taken away. And that's where... Apostle Paul, through the Spirit of God, he says, crucify your old nature. Now, I heard Pastor Pradeep say this, that if you know, a, a person who doesn't even have Christ, if he's able to quit cigarettes or if, he's, you know, if he says, I want to change my life, and if he's able to do that, there is a level to it. You know, I know he was trying to bring that um, emphasis there to motivate you to say that if an ungodly person can do that, how much more with the Spirit of God? But then there is also a level too where a person who is really, really bound, he can't quit like the other person. He can't um, stop doing something like the other person. You know, a person can say that, oh, I get panic attacks once in a while, but then you have people who have crippling anxiety. Are they both the same? No. One needs deliverance. The other one does not because he just has like a superficial thing. It's like you get itch once in a while. You just put some Avino on it and it goes very different than people who get eczema and they try this cream and that cream and nothing is working. Both are two different levels. Yeah, skin disorder, but very different. So one needs healing. That's why God has the anointing of God to heal people, to deliver people, to set people free. So in that case, you really need to cry out to God and say, God, help me. And what happened to the man who was by the pool of Bethesda, who's just lying down there, who could not do anything. He couldn't even go in there and jump there. But obviously he was crying out to God. Out of all the people who were there in the pool of Bethesda, Jesus came just to that man. He came just for that man. And he healed him. He heard him and he healed him. So now sickness meets the deliverer. And when the deliverer comes and gives a deliverance, sickness is gone. Completely gone. Same goes for addiction. Same goes for any kind of a, a compulsive lying, compulsive stealing, and um, uh, addiction. When I say addiction, I'm really talking about bondage, where they say, how can I stop this? I can't. Oh, God, I want to. I can't. There are people, many people like that. Many of you have been there, so you know what I'm talking about. But then you have some people who can just overcome certain things through self-will because their case was not as hard. So you can have somebody have 103 fever and they can put Tylenol and they can go bring that fever down and it's come some kind of an infection. The body fought it out with Tylenol after a few days. It's fine. Regular virus. But then you have some people who keep getting the fever. No matter how much Tylenol you give, it's not going. That fever is still there. At that point, where do you go? You go to the doctor. You say, I tried whatever I had to try, but the fever is not going. So what do you do at that point? Now you run the labs and you see what's happening. They can have cancer. 
They can have typhoid. They can have some kind of a liver problem. They can have all kinds of things happening. And the fever is just showing up, showing up, showing up, showing up, no matter what you give, showing up. Sometimes you need to run all kinds of labs before you can actually find the root cause of something. And it doesn't go down with Tylenol. You have all kinds of treatments. They start after that because they found out a whole host of complications with it. And this is where the power of God shows up. So it's very different. So no one can just come and say, well, you got set free from addiction by going to the church. Well, I just quit my cigarettes. I didn't even need God for that. Well, your problem is just like a regular fever, mister. What I have or what I had was something completely different that Jesus came and set me free from that bondage. So there are different levels that are there. But at the same time, one thing what Pastor Pradeep highlighted here, I want to emphasize that here, which is the will to do that which you need to do. That's what we read from Romans 6. The will to do, that means you do what you should do. Not just saying, I cry, I cry, I cry, and then you do the opposite. You need to cry out to God and do everything in your power to do the opposite. And when you can't do, get the help that you need. It's important. If you don't show any signs of going the opposite direction, then that shows that you don't need, you, you're not looking for deliverance. You're not wanting deliverance. And so I want you to understand these things. So when it comes to temptation, temptation in itself is from Satan. It's not from God. But the the vast portion of temptation or the biggest type of temptation we can see is from what a person has on the inside. So there are areas that have not been mastered by the Holy Spirit. There are areas that have not been given to the Holy Spirit. Even though we say in our mouths, oh Lord, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. But that deepest level of surrender has not happened. It's not been given to the Holy Spirit. So when someone says something, then immediately I need to show my um, viewpoint. I need to talk about how I feel. I need to express what I think. And so when a person feeds that, they're actually, what are they doing? They're actually putting failure to their, the results of that temptation. God is speaking to our hearts at this time. You need to do what you have to do. If a student is struggling in math, then a student needs to go to a tutor, go to a student who knows better than him or her, and they sit down and learn. They need to make effort. Five times you are not able to get your multiplication tables. Do it 10 times. Do whatever you have to do. Write whatever you have to do. How many ever times you have to until you get it. It's important. But then there are people who try 100 times and then they're not able to get it. That's a major problem. They try to read, 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 read. Then they figure out, oh, this person has dyslexia. It's not like the regular person. 10 times you read and then you get it. God comes and gives that healing and deliverance in those areas. But if I don't recognize that I have a problem and I need to seek the Lord, I need to get the help I need. I need to go where I need to go. And I need to give myself over and do what I'm told to do. Then that deliverance is not possible. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. We need to know a good 
We need to know where we really stand. A good self-assessment is necessary. It's not optional. It's necessary to see where you stand. How are you really on the inside? So when you look at the scripture where each person is drawn by what they have, if what you have is not there, then that problem is solved. This is where Christian maturity comes to play. As you grow and grow and grow. How many of you know that every human being who is born in this world, they come with this, they call it milk teeth, baby teeth. After a certain age, they start falling one by one. And then they get this adult teeth, permanent teeth they get, which stays with them for the rest of their life. Now, how you keep it, whether you brush it properly or whether you don't brush it properly or whether you fill it with candy and you fill your mouth with cavities, there are people who go to the grave with good teeth, with no cavities because they took good care of their teeth and they knew what to eat and what not to eat. Then you have people who just mess with it because they have no self-control, do whatever they want to do, and then they have cavity and cavity and cavity and cavity and cavity because they have no self-control. They feed their kids also that and cavity and cavity and cavity. So whatever has been given to you, the bottom line is you take responsibility for what God has given to you. Now here, the milk teeth that has been given to you, after some time, it falls away. And then the permanent teeth comes. Just like that, even in your spiritual life. As you walk with God, your old nature that is on the inside, that needs to fall away. As you grow in the word of God, as you give yourself over to the word of God, the old nature has to fall away. Let me ask you this question. You don't have to answer, unmute and answer, but think for yourself for a minute. In order for that milk teeth to fall away and for the new teeth to come, if you say that this is a process that will automatically happen, so I don't have to eat. I don't have to eat properly. I can just live on potato chips and I can just just drink just water or I can just drink soda. That's all I do. Do you think that the child will even live past a certain age? If that's all the mother is giving, just soda, color water, soda, chips, soda, that's it. Even though this is a natural process that is kept by God for every human being with the body programmed to function that way. Every human being needs to feed that body with what that Teeth need to have in order for it to be formed and for it to come out and for this to fall, for that process to take place. Whatever needs to be done in order to nourish that body needs to take place. Just like that, all those who are born in the kingdom of God, as babies in the kingdom of God, it is very important that you get the word of God into it. That milk of the word needs to go inside. You need to take it in. And how many of you know when you're sick, you can have liquid diet and then you gradually go into solid. And a human being is supposed to eat solid food. If you don't eat solid food and say, well, I'll just drink and drink, something will happen to your stomach itself. Even when you're fasting, you should only fast for a certain amount of time. You can't just say, well, I will just stay on liquid for the rest of my life. Something will happen to your body because your body is meant for the body to have certain types of food for the muscles to work on, you know, for the rest of the parts of your body to work on. Everything has to work the way it should in order for your body to function the way it has to function.
Same thing goes for faith that God has given to you. Same thing goes for the spirit man that God has birthed inside of you in the kingdom of heaven that needs to receive that which God has in order for the spirit man to function the way it should, grow the way it should. As the spirit man begins to grow by receiving the spiritual food, eating the spiritual food, taking the spiritual food in, then what's going to happen? The spirit man will receive that strength on the inside. And slowly, when I say slowly, it doesn't have to be like 10 years from now. No, as you take in gradually, according to the process that God has, as you eat, all your old nature will fall away. That means you listen to what God says when he says, put off, put off, shut off, shut that off. Do what you have to do. Close your mouth, close your mouth, close your eyes, close your eyes, close your ears, close your ears. Just do whatever God tells you to do. When you do that, your spirit man is going to grow the way it is meant for it to grow. There's no need to struggle here. There's no need to struggle here. There's no push and pull over here unless you're not doing what you should be doing. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. I speak what the spirit of God is saying. And at the same time, I'm not saying just God is saying with not, without knowing what God is saying. I can back up what I'm speaking through the spirit of God with my own life and experience. Christian life is meant to be an overcoming life, a life that doesn't have to have that struggle of doing the right thing. Doing the right thing has to spontaneously come out of joy, out of, out of the love for God has just gushed out from with the new. When, when you eat right, when you give yourself over to the food that God has for you, it's going to strengthen you. What is actually going to build up and what is going to actually come out of you? The God nature, the Christ-like nature is going to come out of you. When, when you give yourself over to that Christ-like nature to overtake your being. And you don't have time for it, then you'll be fighting inside. I want to do the right thing, but I can't do the right thing. I try to do the right thing. I can't do the right thing. I fall every time. I fail every time. And what a miserable person I am. Not myself. People who say that. They live a miserable Christian life, which is not meant to be that way. And it's not a Christian life. It's not a reflection of the life of Christ that God has given for his people. Sin shall have no dominion over you. He said it, it will not, it cannot, if you do what you're supposed to do. So that's what Pastor Pradeep was talking about. And it's important for you to take things out of, take things within context and not take it out of context. Because certain sentences and statements he made may sound like a generic statements, but I know where he came from and what he said. I wanted to give more clarifications. The Holy Spirit wanted me to. So that we don't take things out of context and then, and then say the pastor said this and that's what I thought and that's why I did. We don't want that. So we want to really see what the Spirit of God has for us from what God gave an hour ago and what God is giving now. It's complementary, go hand in hand. It goes hand in hand. So when you look at the scripture, temptation, when there's a base on the inside, the enemy comes and he says, okay, I see that. I'll use this to drag that person. You know how it is. When you have a, a, a pet and you want that pet to come to where you are, you try to think what the pet really likes. 
And in order to get the pet to come to where you want the pet to come, you take that treat or whatever it is, and you show that pet that treat. And that what does the pet do? Starts looking at it and it starts coming and coming and you move it and you move it and you move it and it comes closer and then it comes to where it needs to be. And what you want to get done, whether you want to put it back where it needs to be or bring it out of where it is, whatever you need to do, you do that. Satan is like that. When he knows what is inside of you, by the way, he knows very well. Even more than you knowing yourself, because a lot of times you don't even study yourself. Satan has studied you very well. A lot of times you just go, you know, I'm on the go, you know, I do things on the fly. Satan is not like that. Satan is very calculated. He never does things on the fly. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He has a purpose. He's not like you. I thought I can sleep a little more. Now I thought I can sit up and do this. I just thought I can do this now. And, and it's like, whenever you want to, there's no purpose to it. Am I doing the will of God? That's not there. But you just keep going and going and going without any plan that is from heaven. So here, when you look at Satan, he sees what you have, what desire you have. And based on the desire, he will bring what needs to be brought to you in order to, what needs to be brought to you in order to drag you to himself, to make you fall. What is he basically going to do? He's actually going to bring you out of your safety zone to where? To his pit that he has prepared for you. Temptation is a serious thing. So when the temptation comes, it's very important for you to say that, uh-uh, I'm not coming. You can call me. I'm not coming because I know you have a pit dug for me. I'm not going to fall, fall into the pit. Even if you feel like, hmm, that smells good. Hmm, that, that looks like it'll taste good. No matter what you feel on the inside, it's important to say at that point, I'm going to do the opposite of what this enticer wants me to do. It takes wisdom for that. So when you do that, what happens? Your tolerance or the resistance level on the inside, that means to stay and not to leave. That means to do the opposite of what the enemy wants you to do. It actually increases. The threshold begins to increase on two levels. One is the capacity inside of you begins to expand. Two is when the spirit of God sees you doing the right thing, the grace to actually do the right thing is given from God in. What happens? It's like working out. You work out. When you work out, you are targeting whatever you are targeting. If you want to target your biceps, you work out according to that. If you want to target your abs, you work work out according to that. If you want to target your calves, you work out according to that. Whatever you are targeting, you're not going to simply go jump up and down and say, well, I'm just exercising and I know, you know, my body's going to be toned. No. What part you want to focus, you're going to exercise exactly according to that, in order to produce the results that you're looking for. If you want to build your faith, if you want to be someone who really overcomes all the temptations that Satan will bring, your focus has to be your weak areas. 
whatever weak areas you have, I mean, there are some people who always think I'm never weak and I'm always strong. And if someone says you're weak and that's it, like you get all upset and uptight. And I don't want anyone to tell me what I need to do. If someone says anything, who are you to say this to me? God speaks to me directly. Oh, that is dangerous. Very dangerous. That actually shows pride all over you. Just like, you know, halo in some pictures, you have pride. That's a dark circle, not a bright circle. When a person feels like, I don't want anyone to tell me, that's P-R-I-D-E in all caps, bold, glowing in the dark, with a darkness to it. Very important. Now you identify that, you need to kill that. If you don't kill that, that will kill you. The Lord has led me to teach on this many, many times for our church. Even if a little child comes and tells you you're wrong, it's important for you to stop and say, maybe I'm wrong. I want to see where I went wrong. And thank the child for bringing up your negatives. If you think that you're all positive and you have no negatives, then there's no room for you to grow. Not only that, you'll just go downhill because pride will push you down. Pride will take away the grace of God from your life. Pride will take you to the depths of hell. Pride will make you a a beggar. Can I say a beggar? Poverty-stricken. person in your spirit man that's what pride will do it's very important to have the attitude to listen even if it's a child anyone god can use anyone in your life who are you to tell god saying that well you speak directly to me lord i will pray for hours and five hours you speak directly to me and i will listen to you well but i don't want him to say this and i don't want her to say this by the way i really don't want this one to say this It's just getting on my nerves. Think about that. Think about that. It says a lot about you. It says a lot about what still needs to be broken down. God is speaking in this hour. So when it comes to temptation, temptation can come to people who have a base. That base needs to be broken. If that base is not broken, if that base is not broken, I want to say it again. If that base is not broken, If that base is not broken, you're either going to win or you're going to lose in that kind of temptation because you are going to give in one time and you are going to try to put up a fight one time and it's going to be push and pull and up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. So what is the, what is the answer for this? The answer is you need to blast that base that is there. You need to Uproot that tree that is there. Otherwise, you'll be just doing, yeah, I'm going to cut this branch a little bit and say, hey, I cut the branch today. And that's it. Like, you need a party and someone expect, some of the people, they expect awards also. I cut this branch. Meanwhile, the whole tree is standing there. You want, They want the whole world to clap and say, hey, you cut the branch, you cut the branch. The whole tree needs to be cut down. And the root needs to be pulled out. By the way, You're doing it for yourself, not for anyone's appreciation or acknowledgement. It's for yourself. You want to live 
you do what you need to do in order for you to not die spiritually. It takes wisdom to understand that. So when it comes to temptation, let's just go back and read verse 14. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Now, if that base is gone, then that type of temptation will not have any hold and Satan will not even have room to play with anything because he has nothing. Nothing. Then you have another kind of temptation, which is like you have no base for anything. But now Satan will come to say, how much I can afflict you so that I can see the amount of pressure I pressurized with you, the amount of pressure that I can exert upon you. I want to see if you will stand or you will break under that pressure. That's a whole different temptation. You know, what will keep a person not only from breaking, but during that time to really become even stronger? It's if that person is continuously receiving the life of Christ inside of them. When the life of Christ is poured on a continual basis inside of a person, no matter how the enemy may try to overpower a person by giving pressure after pressure after pressure, that means temptation to leave the faith or temptation to give up praying or temptation to hold on to the promise of God. Now, this is not something that they have something inside so Satan can do. No, there's nothing inside. But there's an external pressure that is coming. Beat and beat and beat and beat and beat and beat and beat. No matter how much you beat someone who is strong, they really can be beaten into subjection by Satan. The more they're beaten, the more resistance they will put up because they have a strong will on the inside because that will has been conformed to the will of God. All of a sudden, the one that is being beaten by the enemy through all kinds of maybe physical illnesses, all kinds of lies from outside where people say all kinds of false things piling upon that person. Just like Stephen who stood there and he was stoned by the Jews. You don't see Stephen over there saying that, oh Lord, please spare me. I'm not going to worship this Jesus anymore. No. There was this temptation from the enemy Not because Stephen had something that Satan could tempt him with. No. To give up because of the pain and the pressure and death that he was facing. But he had the life of Christ inside of him. Same thing goes for the Lord Jesus Christ's temptation. When you study that. The temptation was not because Jesus Christ had something in. And Satan came and he tried to tempt him with whatever was lingering on inside. No. Jesus was life himself. He had that inner strength 
So when Satan came and said, well, if you are the son of God, and he was really trying to poke him and try to poke his identity, he had no ego. The prince of this world comes to me. He finds nothing in me. So what does he do? Instead of Satan trying to beat Jesus down into subjection, Jesus beat the enemy into subjection. This is very important to know. So the the temptation that comes for those who are really, really walking with God, very strong, it's very different from this kind of temptation. That the enemy will come and appeal to a person's ego, appeal to a person's whatever. You know, there are some people who are moody. Uh, their, their mood depends on how many people praise them or how many people frown at them. So Satan, according to that, he will send people because you're a moody person. Your mood doesn't depend on Jesus. Your mood depends on the people around you. It all comes back, to, if you trace it, to self. You know why G- Judas lost his place? You know why Peter denied Jesus? Jesus said this, if anyone would like to come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. They didn't deny themselves. They all followed Jesus without denying themselves. What happened? One guy, he betrayed Jesus and he went to hell. He lost his apostleship God had for him. The other one denied Jesus Christ because he did not deny self. When it came to his life, he said, oh, I don't want to identify myself with Jesus because I can be crucified too. But the very same Peter, later on, you see that he lived a life of self-denial. And this was the very same Peter who was crucified upside down for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's, he was no longer the same Peter from before. So have these things in your mind when you think about temptation. Will we always have this kind of a thing? And if the seed of Christ is in there and, well, you know, why will, you know, temptation be or, or how does this work? The answer to this is in two forms. One is the temptation that comes from what is still there inside as, as a Christian gives himself or herself over to the word of God, to the presence of God, to whatever God gives through the pastors that God has placed over them. And they truly, truly, truly practice and they keep eating and eating and eating. They're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. The strength of Christ will destroy everything that is from the past, the old nature, utterly. Satan will not be able to appeal to their flesh at that point. So at that point, that level of temptation is gone. There's no room for that at all. There's no room for that at all. So Satan will come through some other avenue to see. Can I see how I can torment you? Like the Job. The children are gone. House was gone. His body almost is gone. But still, Job held on to his integrity, the Bible says. A man, the enemy, was not able to bring under his domination. Job brought that enemy under his domination by being faithful, clinging to God Almighty. He was blessed double fold. So it was a temptation from Satan, not because he saw something in Job. The temptation came because he couldn't see anything in Job. 
And he thought, let me give to him something that he doesn't have to see if I can break him down. That's why Job's faith was not shipwrecked. There are some people whose faith is shipwrecked because at that point they, they begin to question the promises, question the prophecies, question what God gave. And then they say, well, maybe God didn't speak to me. Maybe this wasn't true. Maybe that wasn't true. And what do they have at the end? The faith is completely gone. But Apostle Paul said this, I have fought the good fight of faith. What was it? The good fight of faith he fought. It was a good fight. There's this fight that we have in this world where the enemy will throw us something at God's people who are really doing God's work. When he throws something at that point, it is the enemy and the person through Christ who strengthens them. Now the person has to fight. God doesn't stop the enemy from throwing because we are in the world and this is a battle that every person will face. Before they reach the other side of the shore, Satan will fight. And when that fight comes, what you are made up of will be revealed at that point. What you have on the inside will be revealed at that point. Are you able to hold the shield? Are you able to hold the sword? Is very important. In order for that to happen, we need to have the strength. The strength to hold that which God gives. God can only give when you have the strength to hold it. And that strength is developed by being in the presence of God. And the hammer comes from God. And he gives it to those who will only hit properly. Not just throw all over. But to really use it, know how to use it, and use it through the direction of the Holy Spirit. Not just second and say, well, let me knock knock a little bit here, knock a little bit there, and try to say, I can carry it. No. This is for those who listen to him, not do anything until then. Listen to him and do exactly what he says to do. No, when it comes to spiritual warfare, We need to be at those who lean upon the living God at all times. Dead to sin, dead to flesh, dead to the works of flesh, dead to everything that is from Satan. And alive to God. So when we see temptation, we see two types of temptation. One is temptation that comes from within. And then the temptation that comes from Satan, which is the level of intensity with which he will try to do like what he did with Job, do like what he did with Jesus, to see if you will come under that pressure and give into the threats of the enemy, give into the force of the enemy. Those who walk with God, just like Job and just like Jesus Christ and just like Apostle Paul, never gave in. That's why he was able to say that bold statement. I have fought the good fight of faith. I have fought. He fought it well. He won every time and he finished the race. He finished it victoriously by keeping the faith. Because when that faith wobbles and wavers, 
That's when all kinds of carnal behavior, manifestation, expression, speech, mannerisms will take place. God is speaking to our hearts today. We pray that all that the Spirit of the Lord has brought before you today will become alive, not just relevant, but alive so that you'll take hold of it and you'll make use of it in your life. So you look at your life honestly and see what are all the things that needs to be broken down? Because you shouldn't have any base for the devil. Satan shouldn't come and say, well, I see the ego there. So I'm going to have this person provoke and I, oh, he provoked me and she provoked me. And because they provoked me, I did that. Oh, so every time they provoke, what comes out of you is the ugliness that's inside of you. So there's something wrong at the foundation level that needs to be set right. This scripture where the spirit of God says that every person who is tempted, and he's talking about the second temptation. So don't mix this with the first one or mix the first one with the second one. If you mix this and say, this is how temptation is, that means you'll be in the wrong because Jesus didn't have anything inside for Satan to see and come and tempt him in those areas. We need to know. Whatever it is in your life, if you have, which I know all of you have, issues on the inside, especially when it comes to ego and pride, me, myself, and I, you need to take care of it now, not tomorrow, now. When I say you need to take care of it now, it doesn't mean that you go sit and meditate and it's all gone like a vapor. No, you need to do that which you need to do in order to break that foundation that's on the inside. Many years of foundation that has been laid full of ego and pride and proud talk and proud pride, pride, uh, prideful behavior and proud thinking and everything to do with pride and me, self, me, myself and I and manipulation and a lifestyle of living for me, myself, and I for a lifetime until now. A lifetime of serving Satan. Now there's this transition that is happening. There's a change that is happening. And let that change happen thoroughly. Will you just completely say, I need to, I need to turn into something else. You don't want to be that worm in that cocoon sitting over there and come out as a worm. You need to become that butterfly, lose that old nature completely away, lose it, let it leave you. If you want that to happen, if you want that to take place in your life, then you should become someone who is schooled by the Holy Spirit. This is a good place where every single person is schooled by the Holy Spirit. You know, you can be in a classroom where the teacher is an exceptionally good teacher. The teacher breaks down everything and the teacher wants everyone to get a hundred. But then you have some sitting, daydreaming, sitting, thinking about some guy somewhere. And then waiting, when will the school be over? And then you have some sitting over there and texting. And then some sitting over there trying to read something here. These are all, you know, reserved for failure. Because they reserve themselves for failure. 
whatever the teacher's teaching, all the concepts, simplifying it and all the formulas and whatever experiments, everything. Now, suddenly the teacher calls and says, so what is the answer for this? X squared plus X squared. What is the answer for this? Huh? I don't know. What is this? No, I don't know. Suddenly, they don't even, they didn't even see the teacher write that X squared plus X squared. No, they don't even know. But where are they? They're in the classroom. Who is in front? Or oh, that expert is there in front. Then you have others. Before the teacher could finish the sentence, like the hand goes up. Because they were paying attention, listening and writing, or just listening and writing. They go home and make sure they do all, not only the homework that the teacher gave. They go and look and see, what more can I do? Uh, those students guarantee they'll get a hundred. God is speaking to you this hour. You're in the school of the Holy Spirit. Are you doing your homework? Are you doing your homework? How much are you doing? As much as you desire to get a hundred. Are you paying full attention in your classroom when the Spirit of God is speaking? If you're speaking, you know, there are some people who will be there. I understand everything. They will understand everything. When the teacher is teaching, they'll understand everything. But you know what? When they go home, they say, I'm tired. I'll do the homework when I go in the morning. I have a half an hour break there. It's easy, by the way. And you know what happens? When they open it, all of a sudden, they forgot what the teacher taught. They don't know how to do the work. You know why? Because they did not go home and take care of it right away while it was fresh in their minds. God is speaking at this hour. God is speaking at this hour. He's be, he's bringing very relevant illustrations so that you can understand where you're making mistakes so that you can catch them and you can change the way you are living. If you want to become spiritually mature so that this kind of temptation has no hold. The Satan won't even come and say, I'm not even going to bother with this person with this. And you can't trigger this person with this. And you can't do this because this person is totally dead to self. That's it. That's gone. Now he'll bring high level. Like how he brought to Job. Job had high level spiritual warfare. You want to get to that? Then you need to do what you have to do. You know, there are some people who try to climb and they slip and they climb and they slip and they climb, they slip and they climb. When they try, but they're never going on that hill. They have the wrong footwear. God is speaking to our hearts today. Make sure you're doing what you should do. Make sure you're doing the right thing. Make sure that your existence is of value in this world. By being connected to the one who gives value and worth to your existence. God is speaking to our hearts today. Whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, take it for yourself. Whatever he's telling you, take it for yourself. Don't think about anyone else. Whatever God is speaking, take it for yourself and see in what way should I change? If you say that, well, I have no room to change, I'm perfect, then there's no hope for you at that point. There's no hope, absolutely no hope for you. But if you say that, Lord, I have a lot of areas that I need to change. Holy Spirit, show me. Don't don't give yourself a hundred. You'll be doing a great disservice to yourself. Don't give yourself a 98. You'll be doing a great disservice to yourself. 
Let the Spirit of God evaluate you. Let Him give you the grade. Let Him check your heart. Let Him check your spirit to see where you stand. So that you can actually get a hundred by doing what you should be doing. Praise be to God. God has spoken to us today in a, in a beautiful way. Some very important uh, practical things that you need to know, you need to understand, and you need to put to use so that you can get a hundred. So keep these things in mind and pray. Don't justify your sin. Don't, don't justify your laziness. Don't justify your shortcomings. Don't justify your presumptuous sin. Don't justify yourself. Because the more you justify, the more you will become dull in your conscience. The more you justify, the more you'll be silencing the voice of the Holy Spirit. After a point, you won't even hear. You really look perfect in your sight. With all the ugliness still remaining, very obvious to everyone, but you'll say, I'm fine. And get mad at everybody who says you need help. That's the worst place you can be. God is speaking to your hearts today. Tell yourself, Lord, I really want to move from where I am to where I need to be. I need to really go to the place where I can be strong, mature. In order for that to happen, you need to do what God is telling you to do in the school of the Holy Spirit right here. And God will move you from faith to faith. The old nature will be removed. The foundation that is in there, sitting there for a long time, can be blasted. As the Lord spoke Sunday, the mountain that needs to be brought down is a very important mountain that is within you. That mountain that needs to be brought down. In order for that to happen, you need to cling to Jesus Christ. You need to take in everything that God is giving to you and simply do it. Take it seriously. As the Lord is speaking at this hour, take it seriously and say, Lord, let my nature change. Let the way I perceive change. And a lot of problems comes from perception because that perception is the twisted perception. The perception is being operated, is being operated by Satan. So when a person's perception is operated by Satan, everything will be upside down. They look at all those who are walking straight as they're walking upside down. They look at everything that's straight as everything is crooked. They look at everything that is full as everything is empty. And there goes the disaster. God is speaking at this hour. Give yourself wholeheartedly to the truth because only the truth can set you free. Whatever area you need to be set free, whatever area, take yourself to the Holy Spirit. As you're in the school of the Holy Spirit, be honest with yourself. Be thoroughly honest with yourself. Don't put up a front because that will not save you. Be honest with yourself and say, Lord, 
I don't want to fall into anything or I don't want to even be in the place where I'm tempted by Satan because I have something inside of me. Those desires are still alive and that's why Satan is able to come. I don't want to be in that place. You know what God will say? Well, I don't want you to be in that place either. So what are you going to do? I'm here to help you. Are you going to take that help and do what you have to do? Destroy to destroy the old nature? Do it. But if everything else takes priority over your soul, you're so busy to the point that you have no time for your soul. Where you need to reflect, you need to look at yourself. You're so busy, so severely occupied. Yeah, many people make themselves busy too. To the point that your soul is sick. You don't even know. God says, stop what you're doing and look at yourself. If your soul is well, your body will become well. Your soul is well, your mind will be well. Your soul is well, every part of your being will become well. Let the spirit of God deal with you thoroughly. Let him deal with you thoroughly. Then all will be well. As we sing, all will be well with me when I meet with the king. Oh, what a meeting it is. This is not talking about after you die and go and meet with him, all will be well. No, no, no. Right here. This is where the meeting is. That's the crowning day. This is where the meeting is. All will be well with me, O Lord of heaven. When I meet with the king, make sure you do that. Make sure you meet with the king. Anytime God calls us to be together, make sure you're there. Not just in your body, in your mind, every way. Be a student who's engaged in what is happening at that hour. And who will absorb everything that is being transferred. And who will get a hundred. When that dust comes. When that temptation comes. When the trial comes. You'll become that person. Who will get a hundred. Nothing can break a person. Who has the spirit of God on the inside. No words from people. No Attack from the devil. Nothing can break someone who is walking with God. Nothing. 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 Samson was a person. No matter how strong ropes they used, chains they used to tie him, no matter what it is, he'd just get up and break it and keep walking. They would not able to capture him because of the power of God that was inside of him. For a person who has the power of God on the inside, whatever temptation Satan can bring, this is not the one because something was inside that Satan saw. No, this is the temptation like how Jesus faced and Job faced. No matter what kind of temptation Satan may bring, to see if they can break that faith, that break that body and try to touch that soul. No. They're so strong. They turn around and break the head of the serpent. May God help you today to rise up, to truly rise up, to become that man, that woman that God is looking for. The man, the woman that you should become. Because his power is working. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is working. 
if you give yourself over to that power of God that is working in our midst, then you will become just like Jesus in love, in compassion, in patience, in holiness, in kindness, in meekness, in gentleness, in self-control, and in the power of the Holy Spirit doing good to all those around you. Doing that which Christ did 2,000 years ago. Doing what your Heavenly Father would have you to do. So just have this in your mind. And say, Lord, on this day of fasting and prayer. Lord, do a deeper work in me. As the Lord said, there's a cleansing work that God is doing at this time. Before you can even offer anything to God, there has to be this deeper work that needs to happen. Only then, whatever you can offer. So as you seek the Lord and ask him, Lord, in what way should I offer to you? Before that, tell the Lord, Lord, I offer myself as a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to you. Let it be acceptable. Only when you are acceptable, what you give will be acceptable. So you take this time to prepare yourself in the presence of God. And say, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to follow you. I want to do what you want me to do. So prepare me, Lord. Prepare me, Lord. Prepare me, Lord. Tell the Lord, prepare me, Lord. Lord, prepare my heart, prepare my mind, prepare my body, prepare my soul. Ask the Lord. Tell the Lord, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus, to be that living sacrifice. Help me not to have any base for Satan. Help me to be that person that you want me to be. So when I offer what I should offer, when you call me to offer, It'll be acceptable to you that I too can have this great privilege that comes from God to build this house of God, to build this temple of God in a right way, not in a wrong way, in a right way. I say it again and again and again as the Holy Spirit wants me to. God is looking for you first. Then he gives the opportunity for you to become partakers of this glorious work of God. But first is you. First is you. If that is not there, if that is not there, as Jesus said, you don't cry out, the rocks will cry out. He has plenty of those. He will raise the heathen up to get his work done. He will. He'll raise the heathen up. To get his work done. So. The focus is on yourself. Make sure you. Align yourself. With the mind of Christ. By giving yourself over to the spirit of God. While you are in the school of the Holy Spirit. Say Lord I give myself over to you. I offer up my life. As a pleasing sacrifice. And tell the Lord. In whatever way. Lord. I need cleansing. Let the cleansing take place. 
Let that cleansing take place. Before you can wear those white clothes, it has to be stain free. Before you can represent Jesus Christ in anything, you need his cleansing. Tell the Lord, work in me, Father. Work in me, work in me, work in me. As we are going to close our eyes at this hour, tell yourself, Jesus, work in me. Jesus, work in me. Work in me. As the Spirit of God is moving in our midst at this hour. Yield the members of your bodies to the living God. Your mind, your eyes, your hands, every part of your being. Give it to God. While you're praying that, now you need to do this work that the Spirit of God wants you to do inside through His work in you. You pray. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit flow. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit flow. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit flow. Flow into the darkest darkness. Flow into the darkest darkness. Every area. Wherever I feel it's really nice and really good. Lord, just take that blanket off. Uncover that, whatever is covering. And bring all the uncleanness out, Lord. Let there be a thorough work of sanctification taking place. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Thank you, Jesus. 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 Father, thank you, Lord, for this hour. Thank you for your word that you gave to your people. Thank you for your work that you've accomplished in our midst tonight. Thank you, Father. I pray may your living word continue to do a deeper work in the minds of your people. Lord, I pray that you will increase their capacity to receive and increase the capacity of the people to give. I pray may they be blessed to be a blessing and may they be a blessing in order to be blessed. So I pray that you'll remove every form of small-mindedness out of your people. Let them know the need for their own soul to be strengthened in your presence. Let them know the need for their own souls, O oh Lord, to receive the expansion that you want to give. Let no one live in a state of false falsehood. Let no one stay in a state of false complacency. Remove every form of falsehood and remove every form of false complacency in the name of Jesus. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bless your people, my father. Bless your people, my father. Bless you, people, my Father. Bless this house of God, each and every single one you have brought to this house of God. You yourself brought every single one here, Father. You brought them to this living water. It's your doing, Lord. So I pray, may they be refreshed by it. May they be nourished by it. May they live by it. May they become a blessed thing by it, Father. So I pray that you will flood their hearts, flood their minds, flood their souls, O oh Lord.
with the living waters that come from the Holy Spirit. As you have brought each one into the school of the Holy Spirit, I pray. Let no one be distracted. Let no one waste their time. Let no one waste their life. For Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give you all the glory. Give you all the honor. Give you all the praise for all that you accomplished this day. Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord, I thank you. With hearts filled with gratitude, we thank you. In Jesus' name, I pronounce your blessing upon your people this night. That they may be drenched in the living waters. That they may yield themselves to the working of the Holy Spirit. And thereby, thereby become great source of blessing. An inspiration to many people who don't know you and to many people who know you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit, rest and remain with us all, now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen.